Brands and Brews. Okay, this is the Brands and Brews Marketing Podcast, where we talk about marketing while drinking beer. So I have Tamara here with me. And uh, Tamara, you're in Prague. And I'm really curious to see or hear what beer you're drinking. Oh my gosh, you won't believe it. Uh, but like I choose, yeah, it's a positive sexism. What I said, like I'm allowed to say that, but as a woman, I'm drawn to the good looking bottles. <laughs> so I took a bottle, like the can, and I asked the guy like, what kind of beers that I like dark beer. Um, and then it turns out to be American stout with the, like a blueberry flavor. So I think it's a perfect match for today, for tonight. Um, it's a, a small a niche brewery and it's a collab uh, between like there is a local beer guru. And usually the guy, Alex, uh, he goes to like small breweries and then they have like limited edition um beer and then it's just like you can find them in a special spots so to speak so yeah it's a very good beer dark the way i want it what does the can look like can you hold up the can to the to the camera yeah sure it's purple my oh. favorite color uh, see and now yeah now i see why you beer. grabbed it <laughs> that's really cool looking <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I um, honestly, I wasn't that much into beer, but then I have been living in Belgium for two years and they are so crazy about their beer. When you go like they have on, like, I think on average, they have like a selection of 20, mm -hmm. 30 beers in a pub mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So like it, like, it was like two years of, uh, in like testing out the beers and finding your perfect match. So um, after that time, I I like beer, yeah, and I drink it quite yeah. often. Yeah, uh, Belgian beer style is is a popular beer style in America too. So there's a lot of Belgian breweries. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's really popular. Um, it's not my favorite type of beer. The the style it's brewed, but um, uh, but they're usually really popular. Um, but everyone's got a different taste. Um, this is kind of funny because this is my second beer in a row. Um, last recording of last week, um, I had a, a beer guy on uh, the podcast. His name is Jeremy. And uh, he encouraged me to get um, uh, uh, Chekvar. Uh, and I guess in the U.S. it's called Chekvar. Everyone else is called Budvar. Um, <laughs> so this is the guy, yeah, it's exactly okay. Yep. That's yep. a perfect queen, it's a yeah, exactly. So, and the reason why it's Chekvar here because we have Budweiser here, oh. and Budweiser, um, is the biggest beer company in the U.S., and um, they were uh, yeah, they had a you know, um, they were basically suing each other, I think, and and then the agreement was. Uh, Budvar had to in the U.S. Had, they have to brand it as Czechbar, um, and then Budweiser has to be Bud outside of the U.S. I think that's the agreement yeah. that they came. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so it was really cool. Um, but this is another Czech beer. Um, this is a Pilsner uh, oh, Urquell. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is also a common beer I see at uh, 
everywhere in the US, like in most liquor stores. It's pretty good. Um, I actually would just, hopefully I don't get in too much trouble. I actually like uh, Czech bar better, um, <laughs> but this is actually still pretty good. So um, yeah, it's yeah. very popular and like, <clears throat> I don't really know the details, but I know that they, these guys are doing super great. And that beer that I'm drinking is the collaboration between the uh, Chequar beer and the Siberia and this like uh, super yeah. cool coincidence. Yeah, but yeah, that's great, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I just thought like, it was, I was like, no way. Global. Like, can you imagine like we have like, I don't know, a thousand kilometers apart, like uh, such like time difference. And at the same time, we, we're drinking basically the same beer. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, if that's just the popularity of beer and that's why I like it so much is it's just... Um, and then plus two is like beer is very easy to, it's very easy to ship too. So you can, you know, imported beer, beer is so popular in the U S like we drink everything here. Um, uh, we love ha our own breweries, but we also love imported beers, you know, and especially there's a lot of beer lovers and beer lovers, like, like I would consider myself a beer lover. We're, we, we're not too loyal to like one or two beer, beers. We like to drink everything and go, yeah. Ooh, I want to try that. I want to try that. I want to try that. Um, so that's why it's like, everything is popular here. Um, and yeah, yeah. So it's really the, the cool. Diversity. Uh, it's, uh, it's very important, I guess. Yeah. Like, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we're going to talk about, um, product marketing, uh, specifically, specifically in software today. Um, so, uh, let's go right into it. Um, why is product marketing? for software um why is that so important oh <laughs> because it's everything <laughs> like okay um so i have been working in it product companies for almost eight years like the entire career and looking back in time you know like that term like product marketing wasn't coined yet so basically as a marketeer you do all that stuff without not knowing that it's related to product marketing. And then later on, like, you know, like with the trends on the market and the, with the new words popping up, you just like realize once again, like the importance. Um, and I think, as I mean, it's just like must have <clears throat> for software co companies, basically, you know, to know the product and, you know, like the audience that, you are selling that too. So mm -hmm. otherwise um, you're not able to, to do your job or like you are, I mean, especially in the software industry where like now the barriers to enter are super low. So um, a couple of days ago, I was reading a book and I came across the statistics about like, I didn't know, but like they said like Amazon marketplace have like 580 million products to choose from. So can you imagine like for you as a, like a startup, like a smaller uh, software company to stood up from like 580 million other products. And it is like time consuming. It's a, it costs a lot of money. Marketing is an expensive thing. So um, I think product marketing lays this foundation for you to be able to easier communicate your product value to the specific segment, so mm -hmm. to speak. So 
like it allows you to know the value of your product, to know uh, very well the pain points and needs of your target audience, um, to craft the relevant and, you know, like relevant messaging. Like, can you imagine if I would be like speaking Italian and you will be speaking German, like we wouldn't right. find a common ground. <laughs> yeah. So in that sense, I would say product marketing is the, the, you know, like ability to find the common language and talk to the right target audience. Um, I got a question for you. Um, uh, I find it difficult. I've worked at a, um, a few software companies before and, and um, especially if it's like a, a newer product um, and you need to, you might, maybe you're not quite sure like who the audience is or um, um, any tips on how you guys or how you uh, create or find a target audience uh, for a product and software? Uh, that's a very <laughs> interesting question. Like I've been uh, working with a very, like the last two, I think companies that I worked for were very techy, like uh, mm -hmm. blockchains, very complicated technology to understand and also like security software is very tech driven, but also when you are not sure how to say it, where is this perfect match, you just start targeting broad and then you see the response. So, um, for example, with the, how to say it, with the broader audience, you just do Okay, simple example, you do the webinar, like virtual event, uh, super easy to host and stuff like that. And you're not sure about the, what audience will it attract. So you try to keep it like a general, more like trends oriented in the, in your industry. And then you see the, you do the promotion. So like email, paid ads, uh, social, you know, like third party, uh, promo campaigns and stuff like that. And then already among the registrants, like you already see like job titles, where they came from, like the industry who were really engaged, who asked a lot of questions. And then later on you can, you know, like, okay, then we will segment. Then, 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 then we will divide it and then we'll focus. Okay. This is the job titles in this vertical, and then there will be the rest. And this is how you, cause sometimes it's, it's really tricky if you don't know the, the audience and there is like, um, uh, there like, uh, how do you say the, the association or like, imagine this is like fishnet. So mm -hmm. you are not sure what fish you want to catch, but then you just, you know, like with the help of the fishnet, you just catch diverse fish and then you see what you got and then you can, you know, like segment and diversify that. Um, because, you know, like another thing with the, um, sometimes I was reading one article about also like everybody. Uh, so you have to know the industry, you know, like you have to know the industry before you start applying right. for the job. And then, um, a CEO of the company, she said, like, when we are hiring people, like the knowledge of the industry is not the priority because often when you don't know the industry, you can have this like fresh 
uh, eye on the things, um, how we do stuff. And it was super interesting experience for me with the cybersecurity software. They were so aware about the industry that they were like not able to, and then they wanted to expand their target audience. So they kept like the very focus on like tech, techie, techie, mm -hmm. techie target audience. And they wanted to expand to like C-level and they were, they knew the, uh, technical stuff so well, uh, that they were not able to expand. And I mean, like they were not able to, you know, like develop the messaging, develop the, uh, content calendar, develop the topic clusters that spoke to the, you know, like C-level target audience. So, you know, like they created, uh, you know, like this biased, a rather narrow environment for them mm -hmm. that it was like a minus and not the plus. So I think, you know, like it's a coin with two sides and it's a good to know the industry a little bit, but at the same time, if you know it too well, you can get, yeah, biased and, you know, like have this rather narrow, um, point of view and you will subconsciously or unintentionally will, uh, miss out the opportunities. <laughs> right. Um, that's great. And then, and then once you have that, it's, it's, uh, once you have your, your ideal target audience, not, maybe not everyone in your target target audience might, might, might not be your ideal consumer. So, so then you have to go to that, that next level, right. To, and figure out who your ideal yeah. consumer is and yeah. how, how how would you do that so like uh yeah i don't know like everybody's like talking about like omni-channel multi-layered communication and blah 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 and all that stuff and usually um also like if you don't know the audience you start first with the like cheaper channel i'm mm -hmm. getting very like practical because i'm i have a you know like hands-on experience so so you start with the like cheaper channel so for example if you promote or you run paid ads on linkedin it's gonna be more expensive than for example i don't know facebook so mm -hmm. you again and if you run paid ads with educational content i like videos something like entertaining slash educational uh, versus product ads again the price go up so you first start with broad cheaper to test the audience to test how uh what is the response how engaged they will get and then if you see that so that that's the first level the first step so you run that then you see, and then you can move on to more like targeted. And then you can move, for example, from Facebook to LinkedIn and from, you know, like educational pieces to more like product ads. Right. I, I, I love this topic because for me, um, I've, I've worked in agencies for a big chunk of my career. And uh, I was at one agency and we got acquired by, we sold the business to a software company. And, uh, while I was there, just by, there was a change and um, just in our consumers. And um, 
I determined that it made a lot more sense to turn our marketing agency services into a software product. And I made a proposal to the CEO of the company and he said, that's great, uh, but we need someone to run it. Uh, and look, no one else knows this more than you do. So you're going to run it. And so I'm like, well, I'm a marketing guy and now I'm going to be a product manager. So now I have like, I had a, like, I was a product manager. I had a product owner. I had like four or five uh, uh, software engineers working underneath me. And I'm like, how the hell did I get here? So, but I learned some great, great things on, on marketing. Like, uh, so I learned a lot, like in marketing, we, we, people say uh, TAM, which is a total addressable market, but in product, you need more than that. Right. And so we go total addressable market, um, serviceable addressable market and serviceable obtainable market. And the way I, I just thought of this analogy, cause you, you brought up the fish net example. So let's say we're looking for um, a certain kind of fish to eat. And um, um, so maybe we throw a net into the ocean. We bring up the net of all these different fish, but we don't want the big fish because they don't taste very good. We want the smaller fish. So mm -hmm. we have like little holes in the net. Maybe they're like one inch holes or two inch holes. And so all the fish that are one or two inches uh, wide, they fall through those holes into the boat. And those are the fish that we want. So maybe that's the total addressable market is the, the full net full of fish. And a serviceable addressable market is a, the smaller fish that fell in the boat, which is what we want. But then we're looking at these fish and not all these fish are going to be our customers. Or in this analogy, it's not all these fish are good enough to eat. So yeah. we don't want the white fish. We won't eat the blue fish. And so we got to throw the white fish over the board and now we're ended up with the blue fish and that's just serviceable, obtainable market. And so uh, a lot of times what marketing companies get in trouble to is it's kind of easier to do research and go, okay, uh, there's 10 million people in the U S or 10, a hundred million people worldwide that are interested in this services. Let's go after them. Well, maybe actually, maybe they already have in a lot of them already have a service that's way better than yours, or maybe they, some other different reason that they don't quite qualify. So yeah. you have to kind of cut that down. And they mean, maybe uh, instead of 10 million, uh, it's, it's like 10% of that, like, which would be 1 million. And now you have to go, you just went from 10 million to you only have 1 million people that are actually going to buy your product. And so for product marketing, um, my product management management time as a or my time as a product manager really helped me understand that really helped me uh in demand generation moving forward all right we had some technical issues with tamara's connection so we'll have to end the show a little prematurely uh, product marketing is just a, a very important subject in marketing especially in software when you need to educate consumers about what you offer and a solution it provides so i, I would like to thank tamara for joining us um i really enjoyed having her on the show uh, we'll definitely have her on again in the near future but until then cheers everyone enjoy your beers have a great day <laughs>